yes, welcome back to um, Everything is Fine. With Georgia. <laughs> Clearly. Everything's fine with Georgia. With Georgia. With Georgia. Yeah, she's tied up uh, right around now. With, with I, plantain chips. <laughs> God, it had to be plant, plantain. It's too close to plantation. Mm. I don't know who named them, but... <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. With Georgia. <laughs> and, and Yoni. And yet, here we go. Everything is fine with Georgia and Yoni. Sorry, the plantation distracted me a little bit. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're, we're back again. We're, uh, we're doing another session and welcome, welcome to our, our wonderful, uh, collection of emotions mm-hmm. that is this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't actually remember if, uh, what we were talking about right before, you know, which we were kind of going to get into just now. Do you remember what that was? We were talking about how progressivism differs yes. from conservatism, conservatism, but which I think it's I, conservatism. Conservatism. I think so. And I've rebranded it as regressivism. Right. <laughs> right. 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 That because sounds... we're trying to be taken backwards in time. Right, and they they they're not at all abashed about that. They're they're very uh, make America great again. Mm-hmm. Bring it back to the way that it was. Yeah, the only certain people have rights. Only certain people exist. Yeah, only yeah. Certain people are real Americans. Yeah, yeah. That whole thing is like their whole brand, and, and even when the people, even when the politicians who actually have connected brain cells who understand that this way of thinking is wrong and bad, that they still have values that not only do I disagree with, but I think are just generally morally wrong Mm -hmm. so that even if i were to get into a conversation with one of these um conservatives who's completely against trumpism completely against QAnon and all that stuff there's still going to be a wall that they hit where Mm -hmm. if they start talking about the fundamentals of their values i'm gonna go i think you're wrong right (laughs) yeah but even that's like i think what you're saying uh, is getting to that point where like even that feels different than arguing with Marjorie Taylor Greene about whether there are Jewish space lasers or not. Oh, yeah. It's not like, okay, it's like, it's a different level. And I also love what Bill Maher said, I don't know if I brought that up, but about how the right keeps demanding the middle uh, move uh, and, and meet them in the middle. That meet Demanding that the left meet them in the middle mm-hmm. while continuously moving farther and farther to the right, mm-hmm. which make the middle not the middle anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's this process of just uh, adjustment through abusing the, the public discourse. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're talking about how that affects... We're still going to talk about drinking at some point. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but but as far as this, maybe maybe conservatism will lead to drinking as a topic. I'm not sure, but... Of course it will. <laughs> how could it not? There's no world, there's no universe, and even in the infinite number of universes, there's yeah. no universe... In everything, every, everything, everywhere, all at once, another right. Asian movie won <laughs> Best right. Picture two years in a row. Right. Take that, conservatives. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and then they'll probably just end up using it to their advantage. They'll be like, well, you know, we love how many Japanese people are at Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually usually um, Chinese people. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even, you know, I'm not, you know. No, it's even... the, he's talking about the model minority myth. Well, just in terms of the, 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 I'm just, yeah, yeah, of the, of the minority groups who embrace assimilation Mm -hmm. and and to a point where it might, uh, uh, you know, regardless of whether it will reflect their own values or whether they, it means. I don't think Asians embrace assimilation any more than any other minority group. Really? No, no, no. Actually, I think Asians are very good at setting up their own cultural centers within America. Sure. 
Because, like, if you, like, Chinatown is a thing that exists in, like, all of the major cities, right? Right, right. And, but, As a Jew, I can understand this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, there aren't really, like, black towns anywhere except for, like, well, Harlem. <laughs> sometimes they would and happen. And they, they would, were, yeah, they happened there to. There was the one that happened that was firebombed. <laughs> right, right. You know? Was that Rosewood or was that, um... Greenwood. Greenwood. And Greenwood. what was the other one? Ro- Rose something. Greenwood and Greenwood was in Tulsa. Where was Rosewood? Rose. <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Alabama, probably. Um, something yeah. with Rose. Also, also. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. As far as I'm sure. Upon. Even, I'm sure there's not even a small number of massacres. No, no, no. no. Um, yeah, so it's like, so it's not, it's not the assimilation. It's that the, the lie that. Americans have been told, particularly white Americans have been told about what it takes to be a good American, what it what it takes to prosper in America. Mm-hmm. They look at at the success of Asian immigrants and their descendants and say, well, whatever black people and brown people don't accomplish in their lives through the generations is their fault because look at how far Asian people Absolutely. have come. Absolutely. Right. That whole argument, of course. And right. I, yeah, yeah. I see that. I guess I'm saying like the the type of assimilation that we're talking about if you if you believe that if you believe that that is the truth then um it would be first of all impossible to not recognize the difference between slaves being brought over and their family system specifically being attacked and families being separated because they knew that it would be a source of them to build power mm-hmm. and so the idea that there should be no difference at least just in terms of african americans before you get into Caribbeans and um, South Asian people mm-hmm. and, you know, people from Pakistan, Bangladesh, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, the brown people. <laughs> you when know, you, the brown people. When you get into <laughs> that sort of angle as far as, like, it just always ends up sounding like, you know, well, these people made different choices, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yes. And I don't even necessarily think that it's wrong to suggest that different cultures make different choices that is kind of clear but are you acknowledging the white choices that the society has made along the way in terms of how it affected what people can accumulate for themselves in terms of Mm -hmm. wealth that is generational and you know the amount of uh the stories they have about farm loans just being you know allocated to white farmers and not black farmers Mm -hmm. and um, even when they acknowledge the level of uh, success of certain groups, it's like Jews have tons of stories of being like absolutely treated horribly while being admitted into a university because they wanted to raise their SAT score average. Mm. And being like, they were some of the first non-Anglo-Saxons <laughs> that were admitted, mm-hmm. and so they were treated terribly, but at the same time there was actually a specific reason Mm. why it was happening Mm -hmm. so it's not like even the version that you believe in was handled well that it was handled in a way that was respectful and that is because at the core of every one of those arguments is the like what tommy laren was talking about when she was referring to colin kaepernick like stop protesting be lucky you live in the country that you live in Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you should be grateful to Mm -hmm. even be here Mm -hmm. so how do you rationalize with someone who believes that i am I am this white person living on this, like, this whole country is like a giant piece of cake, mm-hmm. and the rest of the world is fucking matzah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Shitty-ass dry bread, yeah. and you're complaining that your cake isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. How do you even begin to speak to that person? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't, you know, I mean, they're, in Tommy Laren's case, she was like 24, you know, talking about what she apparently had already contributed to society 
that other people were leeching off of. Mm-hmm. How do you even begin to uh, get to a place that is rational with that person? Well, that goes back to what we were talking about Candace Owens, because mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that Tommy Lauren used to say, Candace Owens yeah. is saying now. Right, right, and she right. is she says she says all that stuff, and right. she's also a black woman. Right, right. It makes it even more <laughs> and it's more even of a more thing. like my brain cannot under cannot yeah. comprehend what is happening in front of my face right now. Right, I don't understand what I'm hearing. Right, it's like if you had a not dumb version of Herschel Walker. <laughs> You know, not Candace TGE. is not dumb. I'm not, no, 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 of, no, Candace is not dumb. She's, She's not, dumb. not dumb. And neither is yeah. the other woman whose name I can't pronounce, <laughs> which sounds racist, and it is. <laughs> <laughs> But she has, she's a mixed woman with a clearly, like, African name. Right. With so many vowels and, and consonants Right, there's in a it. K before a B, for sure. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, you know what, I'm not even going to try. Right. Um, but also, like, you would try <laughs> if you felt like it, if she was worth it. <laughs> and you know what, I don't. I don't feel like it's worth it. And you know why? Because she works for PragerU, so I don't yeah, feel like she's worth exactly. it. exactly. It's and like, I'm not even going to try I'm not even to gonna say try. your name I right. I don't care enough. Yeah. She's a conservative because she heard all of these terrible things about conservative people, but she had conservative grandparents who were always so nice to her. So she was just like, these are lies that I'm hearing about conservative people because yeah. my grandparents love me. That's just math. <laughs> that's just, just how math that, works. No, that's just math. That's just math. <laughs> that's why I love that. Only three <laughs> kinds of people in this world. Those who can do math and those who can't. <laughs> Wait a second. One of my favorite jokes. There's another kind of person you're not mentioning. Yeah, well, or. Well, yeah, like just just that sort of energy. The space lasers, the uh, Lauren Bobert, that bouncing doll, <laughs> fucking bobblehead. Yeah. She's so special. I think she um, I think she luckily did get removed from her special committee uh, assignments. Right, I and, think and Madison so. Cawthorn was in the same bucket. Oh, who lied about his Ooh. entire he was the first George who's who is his name? George something who like lied about his whole life and he's in Congress oh, and he's getting investigated. Uh, Santos? Yes. Yeah. Madison Cawthorn was, was the first George Santos. George Santos was a bouquet of lies. He was. He really just turned it into like 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 Madison Cawthorn was like the the, the singer songwriter, mm-hmm. and and George Santos was like big band. I <laughs> was like, here's a whole orchestra of mm-hmm. shit that is not true. Mm-hmm. You know, I got the violin, I got the timpani, mm-hmm. I got everything in between, and every single place you look is going to be a non-truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're the liars. We're the ones who are trying to uh, drag your kids into drag shows and oh, turn them turn them well gay. Said. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> drag them. Right, dragon. Right. right. We don't even say dragon in my house. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's like, pull that sandbag in here. <laughs> don't you dare drag that sandbag. <laughs> don't you pull dare it. drag it. Don't you pull dare it. drag it. Pull it. <laughs> Wrench it in here. Um, <laughs> no, it's just hilarious because uh, I'm not saying that this is a conservative or progressive issue, but when it comes to like intersex babies, there's this whole thing of mm. like, well, if you don't know what it is, just make it a girl. Right. But... When people are trans, you're like, they're operating on our tra- on our children and trying to make them trans. It's like no doctor is operating on a minor who hasn't for many, many years said that they are whatever gender they say yeah, they are. Right, and right, their right. parent is like, I can't I can't do anything about this. This is my kid. It's not me. Right. No one no one is making anyone change no, at least no one progressive is making anyone change their sex, but there are certainly right. doctors out there who are like, we don't know what it is, make it a girl. And that's right. been happening for years. Right. And these intersex people are like, I didn't get a choice to be operated on. Right. Chances are it's not progressive people who are doing that. 
Oh yeah, I mean, if you find the signs of that, then that makes absolute sense. I mean, but like when you're when you're looking for, I mean, I you know, I, I feel like I'm going in circles. Like when I try to get onto this point, but how do we communicate to each other? How does the person who raises a child in one way communicate to a person who raises a child in the other way? Mm-hmm. How does a person who, like we were talking about earlier, have children not because they truly decided to, but because they were afraid of making the decision not to? Mm-hmm. How does that person communicate with someone else? And I feel like the first thing has to do with being able to speak to each other in a human way so that if you're looking at someone who made that choice to have a child without really, you know going through it in their head, the only chance you have of connecting to them is them not feeling alienated by you because you did make take your time and make your choice. You know, back around to the people who go to therapy and only find a way to sound condescending. You know, it's like, <laughs> you'll spend all this fucking time. And I feel the same way about religious people. It's like, you have a 2,000 page long book. Why are you the asshole? You know what I mean? You, you're supposed to spend time doing things that we lay people we regular people don't do because mm-hmm. we go to work and we're busy and we're making fucking podcasts or whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, we're so busy making podcasts. so busy just recording ourselves and listening to ourselves <laughs> that we don't have time to, to think about treating each other in a different way. You have this giant ass book. <laughs> and meanwhile, I feel like all you're doing is telling people that they women that they can't have babies or not have babies, whether they want to or not. And whether it matters how significant it is that the nuclear family that is very productive and effective for society has nothing to do with what an individual wants to be. Hmm. Like, if you don't want to go over those things, then what the hell is your book for? Why do you have this book? Yeah. You're supposed to be the leaders of, of, of empathy and compassion and, and um, progress. Well, that's the last one. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. If, because you're, like, if you're conservative or aggressive, you're not supposed to be the leader right. of progress. It's making me think that conservatism overall is truly a misunderstanding of spirituality. It's an abusive uh, exaggeration. They took what was happening in religion and they saw this is a great way to keep people from changing mm-hmm. and surprising us. And we can really use this to maintain power over everyone around us. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, that could have been a really good moment when yeah. someone came and said, this is how we should treat people. Here are some commandments. Even though, I don't, you know, I'm not a New Testament person myself, you know, <laughs> I'm not really, you know, into either one. But I mean, you know, I was raised on one of them. <laughs> the, old, the old one. Raised on the old one, you know. <laughs> but even that, like, I can't be mad at the person who's just trying to write shit down to help us get along with each other. I'm mad at the people who turned that into a legislative system yeah. to keep communities from learning from each other. Mm. That's what I don't, that, that part is like, that's what it seems like the year zero to <laughs> 1000 were all about. And then 1000 to 2000, we're just reinforcing all of it and, with better technology. And then 2000 to 3000, what are we all about? <laughs> we're terrified of trans people. We um, are. And I think that's going to take a thousand years to get through. <laughs> I, I think so, too. I think that, so So one of the things that people are doing now is they're asking, like, well, what even is a woman? You're trying to protect all this, you're trying to protect right. these people. Can you even define what a woman is? Mm-hmm. Can you define what a woman is? Because if you say, 
a, a sex term as right. as an answer to what a woman is, right. I already know that neither of you have an answer to that question. Right. Because if you yeah. ask a conservative, well, how do you define a woman? If you go, a female, that, okay, then nobody has the answer here. Right, right. <laughs> well, we have two words for, for it, and, and maybe it didn't matter to anyone why we did at first, why we had female and we had woman to describe what some people thought was the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. So if you thought it was the same thing, but you were using two words. I guess you were just kind of using them as an inflection, the same way you would use like quick and fast. Uh-huh. Like just different types of speed, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or chilly and cold or yeah. something like that. Like one's more general, one's more specific maybe. Or just one's, one's poppier. And yeah. One's, one's more casual, one's, right. one's more formal. Right. I would right. say one's, female is formal. One's for diners and one's for, <laughs> one's for hotels. Okay, yeah. You know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> One's for the train and one's for the cab mm-hmm. <laughs> or the limo. But like, yeah, the, the the question of the difference didn't really seem to matter to anyone besides one is medical mm-hmm. and one is cultural. Yes. But that should yes. lead you into a different place is like, well, is cultural different? Is, is a culture, does a cultural organism operate different than a medical one? Of course it does. Yeah. Why does it? Right. Because things that have cultural meanings grow from different sources and they take on different influences. And they change and they have, over time. They change over... Well, yeah, medicine doesn't change over time, I guess, in the same way. Like, your body, like, symptoms and things would, I guess, remain the same. Wait, the way we describe them would change? Or how we and how or how we choose our to deal with them was different? Our abilities to deal with them would change. Right, but, like, yeah. what happens biologically to us doesn't change. Right, the same herb, I guess, would have the same effect on a person over time. There are some examples of people adapting physiologically to something that they get a lot of, Mm -hmm. but also the exact same thing happens culturally when a song is overplayed. (laughs) It's like (laughs) the quality of the song doesn't even affect you anymore. It's it's not, it's not the exact same thing. I'm not saying it's the exact same thing. I'm just saying it's like even the differences, you can find parallels. You can find, for sure. You can find parallels. But that doesn't mean that medicine and culture work the same way. Right. Doesn't mean that they do and they do not work the same way. Yeah, I fill out a lot of surveys, and I and every time I see what is your gender, and I see and I see sex terms, I quince. Quince. <laughs> I quince. I quince when I see male and female and blah blah. I'm just like, this is these are not. I feel it in my genitals. I don't. Well, I don't do that, but <laughs> <laughs> but it just is like, ugh, yeah. this is not the right term. But a couple days ago, I filled out a medical uh, survey for the first time in a long time because I have done medical research studies before, but it's, yeah. it's a long time in between them. But I saw uh, what is uh, what is your gender, and I saw man, woman, Biden, non-binary, and I was like, "Thank you, uh-huh. medical thing," because you understand the difference right. between what uh, what woman means and what female means. So at first, they asked what your what is your gender, and then they asked what sex were you assigned at birth, and uh-huh. that was male, female. Right. And I'm like, okay, the medical community understands that there's a difference between these two things. Right, right, right. The political candidates are are going to ask you trick questions that they think you don't know the answer to so they can have a soundbite and create legislation yeah. against people because they don't want these people to exist anymore. Right. Well, it's clear that they get more power from the uh, energy that comes from their distortion of the truth than they could ever get from just trying to handle the moment honestly. And, and even, like, you know, expressing their own, let's say, contentious views. Mm-hmm. Um, that they would actually get so much more power from just uh, getting people worked up about what they said and how they said it and the fact that the other person was stumped in their response or something. Mm-hmm. That it was, like you said, a soundbite. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, conservatism has become all about maintaining power. And it used to be not even about legislating, but they are trying to legislate their asses off now. Like, like yeah. maybe maybe four or five years ago before Trump, it was all about retaining power. And then the people in power didn't do anything. Yeah. And we thought we had it bad then. Right, right. Fast forward, they're actually trying to create laws now. They're yeah. actually getting into power to change things. Sure. And we, what, what do we do to fight against that? You know, it's we we have to make sure we have power in the houses that that vote on it. Mm-hmm. And um, even though we have like a simple majority, like we can't we can't like we don't have a filibuster. We don't we don't have enough to really just push things through. Right, right. We just have enough to basically prevent a lot of other things from happening. Yeah. And then hopefully making some incremental changes. And what what change what what changes have we made in the past four years? What what good things have happened in the past four years? I said hope. You said hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that was Obama. That was twelve years ago. Hope and change were twelve yeah. years ago. Yeah. What yeah, do we yeah. have now? We got grandpa. We got we sure got grandpa. We got grandpa. We got old racist grandpa and old not racist grandpa. Right, right, old right. Old senile not racist grandpa. Not, not racist grandpa who just sometimes like hugs girls weird. <laughs> You know, just like kind of like leans in a little too much and just it's <laughs> just like a little bit of an odd com- conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the dementia kicks in. That's, probably, that's where my grandpa is. Yeah, the so, harm yeah. the harmless dementia versus the harmful dementia. Yeah, it's weird when he can't recognize that the person he's flirting with is in his own family. Yeah, a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Man, how did we get here? I don't know, but maybe this is the point to start talking about drinking. Well, you did want me to remind you about DC and eating grass. Yes, that's right. Oh my God, my friend Phil. I can mention him by name because he'll love that I did just in <laughs> reference to this story. He's going to laugh so hard. So um, there is so much, I think, I don't know. I don't know if there is, but I think there is so much in terms of the life of an emotionally developing man. <laughs> so not aware of what he's doing in my story okay. I'm about to tell. So I was living in Chicago and a friend of mine from high school came to visit Chicago and we started to fool around on that trip, but we never had before. And so it was like a person from your past and there was a, you know, we we got drunk and had some fun and then I knew that I was going to go to the East Coast at some point to see my family in Baltimore. So I decided I was going to go stop by and see her as well. And then the long and short of it was that she thought that was kind of like basically the beginning to a long relationship that was going to clearly be get started despite the fact that we lived half a country away from each other. And anything that I did outside of that on that trip was not really allowed. And so what happened was she and I and a, and a couple of her friends and my friend, who I introduced my friend to her and, you know, whatever it was. Oh, he wasn't there yet. I'm sorry. I met him with him later. I was with her friends only. They went to a party at the Hershaw Museum in D.C., which was like, the whole museum was shaped like a donut, Mm. and um, the bottom floor was open, like a breezeway outside, Mm. and so they had a giant party in the breezeway inside the uh, donut-shaped building, and there was a DJ, and there was like 300 people there, and Mm. there was a weird shit where he was playing Hava Nagila at one point. It was a weird, I was like, why is everybody dancing to this? (laughs) You know. But we were there, and then there was just some woman in the crowd that I started to make out with. And because it was a party, it was a crazy party, and I was like 19, you know, or 21 or something. And 
she apparently saw that from somewhere else in the crowd and got really upset and was so hurt. And then I called her phone at one point because I couldn't find her. And her friend answered the phone and was like, she's outside waiting. We're, wait- we're just waiting for you. And so I came out and then she and I, her friends left and she and I got into this huge argument in the street. And then I was supposed to meet up with my friend. So I met up with my friend and proceeded to just get incredibly hammered. But it was a mixture of like emotional pain, hammered, pride, not understanding much of what happened. Not sure if I should feel like I was wrong. And it all started with uh, ending a, a pretty emotional trip to Baltimore because I hadn't seen my grandparents in a long time. My mom didn't get along with my dad's parents. Mm. So this was the first trip that I took to go spend time specifically, like kind of like a, I, I know that my mother doesn't get along with you, but I would like to know you a little better. Mm-hmm. And I went on that trip and I was like, y'all are kind of strange. <laughs> uh, okay. And I'm not sure if I identify with my mom's uh, assessment, but I yeah. can see, I can see some shit going on here. Okay. And this was also the first year that my my grandmother was getting into her Alzheimer's. So she was kind of just breaking down and crying at strange moments, like in public. And grandpa was trying to say weird things about why he doesn't, he and my parents are not that cool. And it, it was really difficult. And the last thing that happened was the night before I said, so I'm leaving tomorrow. Do you guys want to, you know... What are you doing? Like, I'll see you. You know, and they were like, well, we're going to yoga class, a senior's yoga class at like seven in the morning. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll fucking wake up early and come to senior's yoga with you. Like, I did that Mm -hmm. just because I was there to see them. Yeah. And I was like the only person under 70. It was early as shit. And we go through the class. I come back. My aunt takes me to coffee. She's going through something. So she breaks down while we're having coffee. And then I, I leave and I'm like, then I go step into this circumstance where the person that I'm visiting thinks that I'm really there to initiate a relationship. And I was just there to see a friend from high school who I hooked up with mm-hmm. once, like not really trying to start anything serious. So she kind of jumped on the bandwagon of a, a whole circumstance of like ex- emotional exhaustion and, and me not really knowing how to give disclaimers to people. Like I'm kind of going through a lot right now. I just saw a bunch of shit that I wasn't ready for. Hmm. I just showed up like, yeah, hey, how are you? Hmm. You know, I'm going to go make out with something random because I'm too tired to care about how that might affect you and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, to deal with it, you know. And my friend and I met up and I got more drunk. And then we ended up, the girl that he was starting to date said there's a party that she's going to that her friend is bartending, some loft party in D.C. We didn't know where it was. We ended up at this loft party. They drove us there. And then my friend Phil and I, we were at, at the party, and I was, I guess, he was trying to take care of me. I said I needed some air. Mm-hmm. So we left the party. But we are not in any part of D.C. that either of us recognize. Mm-hmm. We're next to a highway overpass. There's a giant 35-foot wall next to us in the highway. It's some crazy ass, like, there's no lights anywhere. It's, like, you know, dark as shit, and we're just hammered and walking mm-hmm. in a random direction. And luckily... The hit the woman he was seeing realized that he was gone and texted him or something, called him, and he said, yeah, he's walking me around. And she was like, you should not be walking in this neighborhood hmm. right now. And they came and picked us up, and we drove to a, a Chinese restaurant, and I climbed out of the window of the parked car 
Okay. And laid down on the pavement while there were cars driving by, like, six inches from my head. Like, I was really kind of, like, falling apart. Yeah. From not having slept in 24 hours, having a ton of alcohol in my system. Yeah. And feeling like I just fucked over a friend and she was mad at me and I was like kind of, and my family didn't understand anything and my grandmother was just beginning to lose her mind <laughs> and it was just kind of all at once. And my friend picked me up, took me into the restaurant and we sat and we were eating together and all four of us, me and my friend and the girl that he was interested in, they were about to start dating and her friend. And my friend is, um, I mean, we're both white, and the girl that he was dating was, um, she was, oh man, I think she was Thai, and uh, then her friend was black, and the woman who was sitting there, her friend who was the black woman who was sitting at the table, we were all together, like her, she had just met me. Mm -hmm. All she knew about me was that I was hammered, mm -hmm. I was at the place where she was working, mm -hmm. and that I had to leave, and my friend had to walk me around. Mm -hmm. That's all she knew about me. Yeah. So we're sitting at the table and she's trying to figure out more, like what happened, why are you, what's going on? And I told her what happened and uh, about how I went and I made out with this other girl at the, while I was dancing. I didn't think it was my responsibility to make sure that she didn't see me make out with someone because we're not a thing. And I just said something like, maybe I should just come over right now and like just apologize and just tell her what's going on. I didn't, I didn't mean anything. I'm so sorry. And I didn't, I didn't mean to be, be such a dick. And then she said, if I was her, I wouldn't let you in. <laughs> <laughs> and there was something about like the certainty of how she said it that just completely broke me. Mm. Like I didn't, I didn't think it was possible yet that I could have been as wrong as her voice suggested. <laughs> her voice, there was a lot of me wrong in her voice. <laughs> there was so much of it in it. And I was like, and it was so quick mm -hmm. and instinctive mm -hmm. that I trusted it. It just came out so naturally <laughs> that I believed that she was right. I'm not saying she wasn't, but when I was in that level, I, I just like, I remember like I kept talking maybe for a little more with them in the group, but I was already begin, beginning to fall apart completely. And I walked outside and just started sobbing oh. outside the restaurant. But I mean, like I was, I was completely falling apart. Like yeah. I had no energy. I had nothing in my system left. So it wasn't even like I was crying necessarily because I was sad. I was, I was like completely a spent piece of human, mm -hmm. you know, that had just nothing left to offer that day. <laughs> and I was still trying for some reason to be awake. So he comes outside first, the, the women are right behind him and he kind of pulls me up and puts me in the car. And we get back to his hostel, which I was not at all supposed to be staying at. I was supposed to be staying with her. And I found out later he was such a, such a sweetheart. He slept in his car and gave me his mm -hmm. like bunk in the hostel. But before all that happened, I got out of the car and we pulled up at the hostel and the grass looked delicious. <laughs> I just remember looking at the grass and being like, I am so hungry right now. <laughs> And so while f my friend Phil is like kind of saying goodbye to the woman that he's interested in, that he's been hanging out with all day, and now they've together been taking care of me, mm -hmm. he's saying goodbyes to her, goodbye to the other woman. And then, you know, he tells me the story like that he just didn't even know what was going on behind him when the woman again in the driver's seat was like, yo, shit, man, homeboy's eating grass. <laughs> you got to take care of him. 
And so he came, she came, he came over and just like pulled me inside. Apparently I was like choosing which one looked more delicious. Like I was saying no to certain blades of grass <laughs> and being like, no, that one, you know? So that's just a story of just men, <laughs> men. men falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when men fall apart. Yeah. 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 There was so much I didn't understand. Do you understand now, though? Is there? <laughs> oh, I'm not saying that I don't entirely, but I mean, it's like when you ask me, "Do I understand?" You haven't even suggested what yet. Like, no, no, yeah, no. I don't. Is there is there anything to glean from that, like at all? Well, I mean, yeah, like I mean, just you can be, you can own the state and the place of life that you're in. You don't owe anybody anything as far as um, being deeper into a, a pace that they believed in that you didn't. You don't owe them that, but you do owe them communication in the moment of, not late, in the time of. You owe them, to the best of your ability, the, the way that you can explain to them, you know, where you are and what you're going through and, and what you expect from from being with that person. So if you're about to hook up with someone, whether you've known them for years or whether it's a stranger, you owe them telling them where you are and what you expect out of this. Um, because it, it's just, it's just you know, respectful in terms of how time works. <laughs> They're going to let emotions build without um, any, anything to guide them unless you give them something different. And on top of that, you got to learn more about what it means to be a man, to be a woman, to be whoever you are in the circumstance so that you can know who you are talking to, mm-hmm. I think. That's what I got from that. Okay. Because I'm not mad at myself for not wanting to be in a relationship with her. Mm-hmm. That seems ridiculous. But what did I'm, you learn from eating the grass, though? Um, I, I don't remember how it tasted. <laughs> you don't? I don't. You would think that that'd be like a big part of it. No, I don't remember how it tasted. I remember looking. I remember it visually, though. I still have a visual memory. of just Interesting. I remember what the hostel looked like. Yeah. But not what grass tastes like. Sitting on a hill, just like, yeah, just like. <laughs> <laughs> not that one. Someone that spray one. some olive oil on this oh, shit. This God. looks amazing. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was like, I was, I didn't know, I didn't, there, there is an art to falling apart. Like you really know, got to know how to fall apart hmm. as you get older because I mean, maybe you're just one of those people. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're out there and you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I am, I have seen a whole bunch of shit and anything I see from now on will not break me hmm. and will not even bend me. I'll be, I'll be fine. And uh, to me, that sounds delusional. Like, I imagine that there's going to be pain that we're going to have to deal with as we grow older. It's going to test our limits. And that I would like to develop the skill set to fit to, to handle those moments without... Because you always end up taking it out on other people. That's what always seems to happen. People who don't handle a moment seem to take it out on other people or themselves. Mm-hmm. It just goes one way or the other. The energy does not disappear. I always like it when people take it on themselves. <laughs> I just I just don't want you to take it out on me. <laughs> oh my god, that's so interesting, yeah. I mean I think that I wish that I felt like that. <laughs> you don't you wait, you don't like that? You no, don't? because I think you're just dealing with the same problem later, just down the road. It's gonna affect you anyway. Oh oh no, it's not an issue of whether or not it's gonna affect you. It's an issue of um, spreading your pain to other people or spreading right. your problems but to other some people. part of me thinks that's just more honest than turning it on yourself um, I know it's getting really dark <laughs> it is well, here's what I'm saying here's what I'm saying 
So let's say you have someone who's going through a fear. Let's just make it simple and let's call it a, a, a series of emotional, um, unpredictable moments that come from an addiction. Okay. Let's just say it's like something we can kind of like put up, you know, grasp mm-hmm. kind of immediately. Okay. So you don't have to deal with questions like, is it, um, is it just them? You know, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you're gotten rid of that. You're like this person, if they really did not have the feelings of weakness around substances, they would really be a different person. Okay. If they were able to control themselves, I would, I would see a different person. Okay. So if you have that circumstance, um, Let's go with the two options at the very beginning. The person can uh, succumb to addiction, and then when they are, at say, at their at their peak of strange moments that are, um, they don't have enough of what they need, or they just whatever it may be, they, it's not working well enough. Mm-hmm. They take it out on you, okay, instead of themselves. So what happens when they take it out on you is that it contributes to a uh, a series of problems that you as, let's say an empathetic person are like, I don't want to leave this person. I, I really want to care about them. I want to make sure that I don't leave them in the ditch. Like apparently everyone else did. Cause they've maybe they dealt with a whole bunch of trauma on their way mm-hmm. and you're dealing with that. You're, you're confused. You're hurt all the time because they're hurting you. You're developing patterns that you probably shouldn't develop that you will then later have to unlearn mm-hmm. if you get out of this relationship. Um, compare that to someone who doesn't do any of that at all. They just do that to themselves. And in my mind, if I'm, let's say, that person's partner, come home and, yeah, they didn't, uh, let's say, you know, throw the dishes in the dishwasher in that fucking way that made you be like, what the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't, they didn't slam the door. They didn't kind of scare you a little bit with their energy and their physical nature. They didn't do any of that. They ju- you, But you have no idea who is in there. Because they'll never share them with you. Like it's, they're, they're not causing you any immediate problems, but they're also just as far away from you as a person who could, let's say, get violent, get, uh, or just get aggressive and turn their anger outward. I feel like the outcome is 100% the same in terms of how much of the relationship is working for you. Mm. It's exactly the same amount, but you don't have any bruises you know, and you can still go to your job every day and everybody can be like, oh, how's Josh? You know, <laughs> whatever, you know what I mean? Or how's Rachel? How's the... <laughs> like, how is, how is the person that you're like, you know, everybody I know now is named Josh and Rachel. Mm-hmm. Just gonna be upset that's it. That's it. Gonna be like, you thinking about us when you said that shit? <laughs> but like, you can always ask who, how the person is doing. And it's not like, so how are you mm-hmm. like, and so to me, half of the battle that people are actually fighting is about dealing with the thought of it rather than it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I don't know. Like I, I, it's not that I don't appreciate someone uh, being able to still go to work cause they don't have to limp cause they didn't get into a fight with their partner. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's not like, I wouldn't appreciate that, but in the concept of uh, abusive relationships or codependent relationships, if we were to do a comparison side by side of take your anger out on yourself or someone else, I would just be like either hmm. depends on the person. Hmm. I don't know why I would ever pick one or the other. Hmm. There's nothing in me that suggests that I would rather go with the quiet version though. Mm. That's interesting. Maybe that's just male privilege though. Right. I'll take a fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Maybe that's just that. You know? Right. Be- and also because you're presumably straight. You're in so your pr- far. 
your, we'll see. your we'll partner, see if, if your partner was ever going to actually really hurt you, they would need to use a, a, a weapon to do so. Well, it depends on uh, the women I date. Are <laughs> 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 yeah, they're pretty strong, <laughs> usually. Strong black women? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? I just said strong. I just said strong. <laughs> Nothing to do with the dishes. No, I'll tell you that though. It's sure the dishes are not the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I know that egg yolk can be difficult to get off of a plate, but this does not feel like you're really mad at that. No. So either sit down and tell me what's actually wrong, or get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, like, right. I, That's where I am now. Right, right. So yeah, I, th- I think there's a yeah. little bit of the male right. privilege here, but there's also right. there's also right. a little bit yeah. of you grew up in a loud house, so loudness doesn't rattle you right. the way it rattles me. Right. Yeah, it seems like a sign of respect almost. It's like, <laughs> I'm so glad that you actually you know let me know that you were upset because I need your I need your volume to, by to do slamming that. The, by slamming stuff, I feel respected <laughs> because you, because you're letting me know how you feel by slamming things. What? Really? No, I don't feel like the slamming the slamming thing is the opposite because it's obviously like you should really have you should have let go of the dishes and yelled at me no no, no that's really that's what i'm saying really just don't get mad at the dishes get mad at who you're really mad at you're i not, know it's me they're not really mad at you and i know i did this to you no well i mean you you in particular probably did the proverbial you that is our audience didn't necessarily call no the they problem. have to own the fact that i even my i am the i am that part of their personality <laughs> I am the, maybe, you know, the concentrated version, because I will, you know, st- I'm really fucking stubborn. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I've also, I really just want to know. I, I want to figure out the end of that point. Mm. So if my day, I feel like if my day was affected because, you know, uh, let's say what I said affected you in a way that I didn't realize it would affect you. First of all, your day was affected. That's the first thing that happened. But the second thing that happened was that, I also didn't realize that what I was saying was going to cause something mm-hmm. in that sort of, you know what I mean, whatever, whatever that circumstance would be. But I would still feel like um, if I am shifting gears, then I'm definitely going to take time to think about this moment and how it happened. I'm not yet, I'm not going to immediately say that just because you were upset means that I shouldn't bring it up. That's not my first inclination. Mm, okay. My first inclination is, okay, first of all, just know that I did not mean to make you upset. I was speaking, I really meant to convey a certain message. And my first question is going to be, did you get the exact message that I was trying to convey? Mm -hmm. If you did and that upset you more than I expected, then I have to look at why I didn't realize that. And we go from there, you know. But yeah, people getting loud does not upset me at all. doesn't affect me in a way that that makes me think like a, a rule was broken. But I think that mostly that has to do with the fact that eventually I grew into a six-foot-tall person. And, you know, people don't really want to hear that, you know, the man is not worried about physical pain. 
when it comes to a heterosexual relationship. Yeah. But I guess what I really meant is like it either way doesn't suggest a difference in that person's development. Hmm. They could be equally ahead or behind in their own process. And the fact that it, they turn it on themselves or others to me doesn't really make a difference in terms of how close or far away they are from getting better. Hmm. That's what, that's all I mean. Okay. Yeah. It it does for me. And, okay. and not only that, not yeah. only do I, and I might be wrong in assuming this, not only do I assume that someone who turns on themselves is further ahead than someone who turns on other people, because I think mm. turning, I think turning on other people is a is a base instinct we've been talking about evolution for several hours and been talking about how like humans evolve i think you're almost definitely right about that but what that it's a base instinct yeah but like yeah. but the, but to me yeah. that's not as far along as someone who doesn't do the base instinct. well i think thing. we should talk about now what far along means because i think i meant two different i meant something different than you did what did you mean well i i mean you both meant how developed the person was right of course okay but I think there are so many people in society who are trained to avoid their base instincts in the first place that signs of them doing so does not suggest development. Okay. In other words, overeducated, under-self-aware, people are not very self-aware, but have the language. Okay. And know that it doesn't look good. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> to fuck with other people when you're having a bad day. Right. So, like... You know, like, that's that's what I mean. They, they actually end up fucking with people anyway. They just make it look like they're not. Uh, okay. That's kind of... I okay. guess, like, if, if we were to know for sure that the person was really just turning their, their, their anger in on themselves, I could agree with you. Okay. I could co-sign and I could say, I think that this person is more emotionally developed than the other people around them. Because okay. at least they've taken that leap of trying to spare others. Right. Okay. <laughs> but you're but like at least. but you're saying there are people who do that as who do um, that in name only. Okay. But just for the purpose of making it look like they are self aware and you know developed okay. and and so once again kind. once again the get out people yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. it's all we're back just, to we're it. just gonna call them the get out people the get out people that's right yeah. Who know that turning their anger outwards makes them look a certain way and want to avoid looking that way. Right. But that doesn't mean that they don't turn, maybe turn their anger outward in other ways, like someone who's psychologically manipulative right. as opposed to physically violent. Yeah. I, I actually wrote uh, a, a line of that into the script that, that, was, that, I, that I plugged <laughs> in the other episode, which was about private school bullying, which was, uh, this guy says... Uh, yeah, there can't be a record of us striking each other. We were supposed to be CEOs. you got to mentally torment each other. That's what happens, you know. Yeah, well. Yeah. It was like, you know, get him away from the pack, make him think of your friend, mm -hmm. and then hit him with it. Um, but it was an element of, like, I was kind of conjuring a phrase that I wanted to describe the way kids who come from wealth make each other feel terrible. Mm -hmm. The way that other people do exactly, but without the kind of like a reverse privilege situation without the the privilege of being able to use your your, your fists mm. and having to do it it's not really a privilege but like you know the simplicity of it of not having to think of another way to make someone fear you okay you know that's kind of what i was trying to go through interesting yeah mm. private school is really a wonderful place to get to know each other <laughs> uh, in, in, in uh in passive aggressive ways oh yeah yeah. Not not aggressive aggressive passive aggressive. Right, right. It's very. Um, mm -hmm. th well, that's part of the reason I, I think that uh, psychology should be taught 
in in elementary school and middle school and high school and because it would help people stay out of abusive relationships and not become abusers themselves sure. a lot of people just kind of fall into abusive relationships and don't have any kind of background or fundamentals to go, well, what does an abusive relationship look like on day one? Mm -hmm. Usually you know what an abusive relationship is in year 10 yeah. when you're either, when you either have black eyes and like, you know, dislocated, you know, right, joints. Right. Yeah. Um, and you just can't go to sleep without crying. Right. Yeah. Um, but what does it look on day one? It's almost always psychological abuse. It always, people test and test and test right. your boundaries and test your boundaries right. psychologically for a long time before they ever become physical. Sure. So if people are taught what psychological boundary testing looks mm -hmm. like and understand that that leads to abuse right. or is already abusive, right. then that I think would save a lot of people the heartache and the torment of trying to figure out how to save the relationship or how to fix the other person or how to deal with it when their partner comes home and slams the dishes and slams the cabinets and yeah. they feel like it's their job to regulate the other person's emotions when that is not actually possible. Right. But you've been tasked with that because that's what you've been told you're supposed to do. Yeah, it's just that you didn't think you were told because the person never said it directly, but you didn't realize that all the, the doors were opened. Mm-hmm by what has been set up in your relationship leading up to that point. So you know what noise means, you know what, you can hear their, the, the way they fucking sighed when they walked in the door. Mm -hmm. They didn't say, how are you? They didn't ask how you're doing, which is a, a, a sign that you need to take care of them. Yeah. Because they're obviously not really okay yet, and it's your job yeah. to make sure they are. Yeah. And it's not their job to make sure you are. No. And the, like you said, all those, those things were tested and, and pushed throughout the beginning and then it went into phase two, three, and four. Right, yeah. right. You're, we're in Marvel phase four. Right. The, we're, right. we're in Ant-Man Quantumadium at this point. We're just right. so far in. Yep. <laughs> Things have gone so far down yep. that uh, we're just, we're in here and there's no way to dig ourselves out of this hole. Yeah. We, we're, out of op we're out of ideas and options. Right. <laughs> so. And meanwhile, the Christian right is, is, is touting the beauty and the sanctity of marriage mm -hmm. in a country where it is like, I don't know, is there a product that we could even compare it to? Like something that works half the time? Like literally <laughs> half the time. Like, um, hmm. you know. American cars? Lifestyle condoms? <laughs> Lifestyle. The ones that give away for free to, at college where you're like, oh, thank you. And you're like, no, don't give these. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, yeah, like, like something like that that you could actually get behind that works half the time. I don't understand. The rhythm method, I don't know. The what? <laughs> the rhythm method. The rhythm method. It works half the time. Yeah. So chances right. are, by the end of the year, you're going to be pregnant. Because <laughs> <laughs> it only works half the time. Right. Um, it's like, that's really cultish level dedication. Mm -hmm. You know? We should almost have like a cult calculator. <laughs> like it basically, based on the level of success of this particular thing, uh, contrasted with the level of support right. that that thing gets in society, mm -hmm. it is at cult level. Mm -hmm. And online dating would absolutely be on there. Yeah. Uh, it gets cult-like support based on the level of effectiveness that it actually has. Okay. The, the, the There's thing, no way it doesn't. But the thing is, online dating was never actually, it was never actually in support of dating because once a couple gets together... Except they, for in, in name. 
Yeah, they dating go, is in the name. They go once a couple <laughs> gets together, they go off of the platform, and the platform can't make money anymore. So even though it was called dating, what they really what they really wanted was hookup mm, culture, online hookup. And then you never actually get into a relationship because right. you stop paying them. Right. So and, like, right. and that's where Hinge got even uh, doubled down on that, and they were like, the app that's meant to be deleted. Oh, yeah. Someone quoted that to me. Yeah. She believed it. She yeah. was like, no, but you don't understand. That's the ad. They want you to delete it because they want you to fall in love. Mm-hmm. She said that to me. <laughs> in public. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how to... I, I feel like anything I say is going to make you feel terrible. Yeah. Because I don't know what to tell you. That's a that's a slogan. It is, it is a slogan. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I was actually thinking about that actual thing called, it's called planned obsolescence is part of what the, and usually that's in the tech, that's the, obsolescence. That's a, yeah, yeah. Ob, so obsolete obsolescence. That's yeah. like a conjugation of, obs, of obsolete. Right. So, and, and, it, and that usually is talked about in the tech sphere. Okay. So you, okay. So you know how the 20 years ago, laptops used to last 10 years and now they last three years? Yeah. Planned obsolescence. They want uh-huh. you to buy more laptops. Sure. So they make them cheaper so they break more. Right. That's part of planned obsolescence. I've been told to update Uber like three times this week. It'll break your, fo- break it your whole phone. But it won't because my phone is on a, on a version that right. doesn't support the new, so I have a double level. Exactly. I have to update the phone so I can update the exactly exactly that's a yeah. part of planned obsolescence. Right. But I was but there are there are good ways to think about planned obsolescence, where like the things that I do, where like I want to talk to people about what a healthy uh, relationship looks like, and by a relationship again I mean just any kind of interpersonal relationship, not just romance. Right. Right. right what right. an abusive relationship looks like, not just so you don't get into an abusive relationship, but also so you don't become an abuser because some yeah. people just kind of. Um, meander their way into abusive patterns and meander, do, meander and, yeah. and don't actually know that the things they're doing and saying are abusive yeah. because nobody told or they were only told well if, as long as you're not hitting your partner mm-hmm. you're not being abusive there right. are a thousand ways to be emotionally abusive yeah you yeah, know, there's yeah. only a couple ways to be physically abusive and generally you know when you're doing it right. <laughs> but you might you might fall into emotional abuse and not know it yeah right yeah so well you tend to fall into it and not know it yeah you know what i mean you wouldn't you tend you tend to do that more than like i'm gonna go do this fucking thing now i'm sure yeah. it's gonna be difficult i might be a little abused but i feel like that's where i am in life right now <laughs> just to be a little bit abused no you're like it's fine i you know he's got nice friends and i love his mom <laughs> and you know i that's... only deal with like three black guys a year <laughs> <laughs> you know but everything else is great oh god yeah he he's building my diversity up mm. 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 yeah so yeah. part of anyway, what part of, to it. part of the way that I think that I need to give back to the world is not by bearing biological children. That is not the way I'm going to do it. Okay. It's by helping people understand what abuse is and what healthy is. Right. And helping hopefully form the next generations in a way that is a lot more healthy than we are. Yeah. And that is much more open to change and f- fracturing and reframing and re-putting things back together right. a lot more than the previous generations have been, and hopefully that will lead to advancements. That's part of it, but but what if, like, that happens? What mm-hmm. if, like, in a thousand years, everyone is taught from the beginning, this is what healthy is, this is what abusive is, and, like, there are no abusive relationships anymore. They can't exist in the zeitgeist because we understand how it works now, and you were taught from the very beginning how to recognize it mm-hmm. and and either get away from that person or get that person help or just, you know, put that person away right, if they feel right, like right. that's what they want to do and they're not going to change. Right. 
well, then what is someone who feels like you're going to do it at that time? And it's like nothing. <laughs> I want what I'm doing to be obsolete. I'm doing what I'm doing because I don't want anyone to have to do it in the future. Right. I got you. I mean, I just think that I can't imagine uh, A any world kind like that. of. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, as soon as you come out with the book, then someone's going to read the book and know what to do so they can keep abusing and just read your book. That's how abuse works. What's going to be in the, <laughs> you know? be in the book is going to be what people are going to do. And what, and what you're, what you're talking about is what I've, what I've said a couple of times is going to therapy, therapy with an abuser, with an abuser right. will teach them better ways to abuse you. And they'll right. use therapeutic ways. They'll use therapeutic language. to Yeah. Do it. Yeah. But that's also going to be in the book, right? That's something that nar- right. narcissists are very good at yeah. is figuring out. And they will read that you put it in the book. They'll read it. The, and then I have yeah. to be like, and if that narcissist reads it, they're going to say that. And then you have yeah. to like keep, one-upping them right right yeah if you're reading this and you're the abuser wink now wink yeah <laughs> flip the page back and forth really quickly so it makes a windy noise you know uh yeah but that's going to be in the book so you'll so you'll be taught people who are abusers who uh who say that their victims are the abusers and they're the victim that it's called it's called darvo it's called it's called um defend attack i believe if it's different, then I'm sure you'll let me know. Defend, attack, reverse victim and offend defender. A reverse victim and offender. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so that's yeah. so that and this is like a tool of narcissism narcissism to say, I want you to look like the abuser. Sure. So whatever you're saying First I'm gonna be hurt, then I'm gonna regain my strength and fight you. And then I'm gonna establish that the whole thing happened because you caused it. Right. And yeah. you're the abuser. Right. So I actually had to tell Yeah, I'm familiar with this process. Yes. Maybe you didn't know that there was like an acronym for it, but you're familiar with the no, process. No, never heard of the acronym, yeah. Yeah, so so yeah. I felt is... the letters hitting my face. I, never, I could never read them as they were approaching Maybe. so quickly. It's just so fast. <laughs> so, yes. So if enough people know, I mean, like, imagine yourself. Darvo! 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 Yeah. And, 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 it's, and, and it's not as if, okay, you're like, oh, well, the abuser's just going to go Darvo on the person they're be victimizing, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you keep, like, then there's no conversation to have with that person. You know when someone is doing the wrong thing and is trying to make you the problem. You just go, you know what? No. Yeah. Out. <laughs> it right. is, there's no conversation to have with you. Right, because the words themselves have been corrupted. Right. Like you are you are using. You're yeah. not contributing at all. You're taking everything. Yeah. And I can't even say a word. Without without yeah. me without you ha- being able to make those words make me the problem. Yeah, I'm just literally giving you ammo. You're learning nothing from me and you're not trying to. Right. Yeah. Because you're because the point is to abuse. At right. that point, your point is not to have a healthy relationship. You don't want one. Right. You want an abusive relationship. Right. So there's nothing to, there's nothing to be gained by having conversation anymore. You just need to leave. Right. At that point, when we've gotten to that place in society where someone understands on day one what manipulation looks like, they go, mm-hmm. oh no 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 no, you gotta leave. Right, right, right. If there's a way to give that language out in a way that it can be spotted and used, I wonder if that it's uh, yeah, it doesn't even seem possible to me. But, like, if it were possible, that would be incredible. It would be. incredible. And can you imagine how much more time we'd have with our day if we didn't have to sit here having these conversations about it? It's like, yeah, it's not like, oh, it tasted like shit because it wasn't a real fucking strawberry. (laughs) It was an impression of a strawberry. (laughs) 
in a box that said strawberries. <laughs> but because I know the language, I saw the font they were using, and it's the fake strawberry it's font. A, it's a fake strawberry font. Yeah, it's that computer yeah. font that's all like squares. Right. <laughs> that if, they use. If we can do that with emotion. <laughs> exactly. Then that would be that we, would be huge. We would free up so much of our day. Right. And so much of our lives. We'd be sitting there wondering why the fuck this strawberry tastes like shit. Yeah, or tastes like <laughs> oil paint. Like it, it was a painting of a strawberry. Yeah, and I'm tired, <laughs> and I'm kind of choking, and I'm not at all less hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still hungry. I'm upset, hungry, confused, yeah. and 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 I I feel like going to the bathroom. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So like so the whole point is like trying to help humanity to a point where like my my quote unquote job it's a job I gave myself it's not a real job but like yeah. what I want what I think I would like to do with my life is not needed anymore and that makes me feel good. It's not it's not a situation where it's like. Oh, I kind of want to keep this job. So, like, maybe it's better if people like don't get better. If people yeah. don't learn, if, right. if society stays really fucked up, and then I can keep my job. It's like, right. no, I don't want this job. Right, not at all. <laughs> I, I'm really grateful now that I guess that I've had the headspace to realize that. It's the only thing I'm happy about right now, though, yeah, is that I found out that I don't need it. I don't need. I don't <laughs> want it. I don't need it. And what makes me feel better is every time someone I talk to someone who's like, "Oh my God, you helped me figure out." how bad my relationships have been and why and and you've helped me figure out how to not continue that in the future i go i'm a little bit closer to not having this job and that makes me feel so good (laughs) i'm a little bit closer you're really like (laughs) it's like you're in my head right now (laughs) it's like really where i am i'm about to switch you know yeah i'm literally like i'm going in i'm also about to switch from like started to started to be like a running a place so i'm like i know that if someone pushes my buttons while I'm doing the foot soldier job over uh, the next few weeks, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them the truth because they don't even realize how comfortable I am right now uh. <laughs> because of that exact place. Yeah. Like I have no reason to be here. Yeah. Spiritually. Yeah. And it's I'm like, just here because I'm being kind to this company. Right. Because I want that. I wanted to give them notice. <laughs> but I now realize that I no longer need this. Yeah. I want, well, <laughs> well, you know, it's almost, it's like, it's like that, but it's kind of the opposite of like, it's not that I'm giving hum, like humanity notice that I, it's like, I, I'm super invested in you not needing me. Not that I don't need you, mm. but I'm invested in you not needing me. In, in the way that you obviously do at the moment, in the way that you need me now. Well, and then, I mean, it's weird to say need, but I mean, like, if someone's listening to you talk about abuse and health, like, they need somebody. And I happen to yeah. be here. I happen to be right. the one in front of you. Right, So right. I don't want to say, like, it's it's me. And I have the, like, so much of what I tell people is stuff other people gave me. It yeah. just happens to be coming through me to you because we happen to be in front of each other at sure, the time. Sure, But it's, like, multitudes of years of wisdom. Yeah, I'm a person. I've, I've accumulated experience. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you're, and you're here explaining... A situation to me that I've heard a hundred times, and that narcissist thinks that they're innovative and they're like new, and they're right. and they've got it down, and they have, and I'm just like I've heard this story before. Right. What right, they're right. doing is need like this particular woman. They're needling you, and they're poking at you, and waiting for you to erupt over something small. Sure, sure, yeah. So they can tell other people how crazy you are. The smaller it is, the more powerful they exactly. are. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and it's like. And it's like, you can see yeah, that coming yeah. a mile away and like, right. they don't even, and they don't register it as, and that's, and that's another person, this woman was like, and he said that I was abusing him. And I was like, yeah, yeah. here we go. Right. It's exactly right. what, well, what I'm saying. Well, the fact that you feel this comfortable talking about this right now in this circumstance just makes me feel like you need to feel better about what happened to you. He, you don't need to feel better about him at all. No. 
And no. you're not really even trying to learn about the circumstance. You just don't want to feel bad because there's a lingering bad feeling that you don't understand yet. And you just need your friends to brush it away. I don't, I don't know about brush it away. She was open to hearing what I said, but I think she was confused. I think she was coming from a place of like, okay. I guess she, she just hadn't come across people who like had any kind of therapeutic background to be sure. able to be able to take what he was doing and be like, this is classic narcissism. This is classic abusive, emo- <laughs> emotional, manipulative yeah. behavior, behavior. This is what's happening because she was like thinking about the good time. She was thinking that she was in a relationship or with this person that was special and it was salvageable. And it's like, no, if you know anything about narcissism, this is not a salvageable situation yeah, because yeah. he never came into it with the intention of having a real relationship. He right. came into it with the intention of a, having a victim. Right. Right. And then and you just have to be just the person to be like, hey, just so you know, what you right. just described is Darvo. And I explained that what, yeah. that what that was. What he was doing was needling you. So the last time that he poked you with this really small thing, you exploded so he could tell people how crazy you are when this tiny little thing happened. Mm-hmm. But of course, he's not telling people about the hundred other tiny little things that poked at you. Sure. He just wants to be, to be able to tell people you're crazy. Well, not only that, because he wants you to feel crazy. Yeah. So that you will then spend most of or all of your energy just, you know, quelling your craziness and making sure that you're there for him. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I mean, whoever it may be. Yeah. You're there for that person, and then you're just removing all those, you know, rough, frustrating edges of your personality. Right. <laughs> just smoothing you over to a fine nub. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so. because he doesn't deserve nubs. <laughs> He deserves a smooth, well-rounded person. No. Because he's so well-rounded. Right. Obviously, he doesn't upset anybody, and he's respectful to all. And and, and that that means that he deserves to to have as a partner someone who is perfect Mm -hmm. and doesn't ever get upset, doesn't, you know, Mm -hmm. do any of that. Well, that's why they, that's why they said the best way to deal with an, uh, someone who's like that is great is called gray rock, being a gray rock, which means not being reactive at all. Whatever they do, mm. you just ignore them and you go on with their life and that drives them crazy because they're trying to get a reaction out of you. Right, they're trying right. to get you into a certain lane. You're making it sound fun. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know what? To them, it is... It has to be fun to them, right? Oh, it ha- there yeah. has to be some kind of yeah, level sure of enjoyment it to it. Yeah, no, I meant like, I, I was actually thinking of the opposite. Of what? Just, yeah, just like the person who's the abuser. And if you just fi- figure it out and then you're like, I'm just not going to respond. And then they get even more crazy, you know, but it was the reverse of what you were talking about. So you're the abuser and the, per- the your victim is going crazy about something and you're not responding and no, that's fun? No, I'm I was, confused. I was looking at it in terms of like if I was in a circumstance and I was dating someone who was an abuser. Oh, And okay. I just figured it out. Oh, and, and then you became a gray rock. And then I just became a gray rock and then they're like, just get more fucking yeah. flipping out the fact none of their shit's yes. working. Yes, yes. You know? And, and yeah. as and again, as a man, it's interesting that you think that would be fun because as a woman, that can be dangerous. Oh yeah, exactly. That's the only reason that I thought of it as fun. Okay, it is the privilege. Yeah, um, because you know the woman's losing her shit around me. How fun is that? How, yeah, if a yeah. man is losing their shit and escalating yeah, and escalating yeah. to try to get a reaction, and they're not getting that can right. be dangerous. Right, right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> we yeah we. It's so interesting because we have like I think I told you about did I tell you about Malta. The whole island of Malta and how there's like, uh, there's, there's goddess worshiping cultures that, um, Malta was conquered by like everybody. I remember you said that. Yeah. I don't remember if, if you're, whatever you're going to say next. So, yeah. so continue. So, um, we, oh man, now I'm trying to remember actually the whole angle of this, but we were, we were discussing, oh yeah, that's right. Warfare. We were discussing, the teacher told us yeah. that 
you know, when back in the time when there were goddess worshiping cultures, this was one of the places where it was extremely focused. And um, before the, the first empire that ended up conquering Malta did so, it was a place where there were goddess worshiping communities and they had a completely different belief system that didn't really reflect patriarchal religion in that way. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about the differences. And she said this particular community in Malta went without a war for a thousand years. It was like 1100 years or something. When I first heard that, I remember that was amazing. And then when I got into stand up, I thought, I remember replaying that memory in my head Mm -hmm. and thinking, well, yeah, all the warfare was emotional and mental, right? (laughs) you know, like just as an immediate punchline to come up with. But like, I, the reason I bring that up is that I think men, so many men, see actual fighting as a break from the violence of our normal spirit, mm. of regular moments, of not being able to handle a conversation about ourselves or about the partnership we're in, mm. or about the friendship that's changing that we don't know why, we don't know how to understand it. Mm. That is so much more violent, spiritually, for us, than hitting someone. Right. Like, that's... <laughs> Like, like, like being physical and, and the actual emotional intelligence that it takes to translate your emotions from where they were living into swinging at someone is so much more blissfully simple yeah. than answering questions. Well, you, <laughs> answering questions. You know? You know that you, but have you heard of, excuse me, have you heard of, um, what are they called, uh, not break rooms, but like room, like it's oh, a, the where you break all the shit. Yeah, what's it called? I don't. Well, there there's escape rooms. Wait, no, there's destruction rooms. Yeah, or something. it's yeah, it's like yeah, destruction room where you are. go you go in and you literally break shit. Yeah, to, right. As right. a way to like release mm-hmm. your trauma or whatever it sure, is that sure. you're dealing with. Yeah, and it's like yeah, I would prefer that to war. You know, <laughs> right? I, I prefer destruction room to war. Right, right, right. But I mean, destruction rooms require capitalism to exist, as far as we know, which <laughs> which is funded by a lot of war. <laughs> so maybe the war is just better than the. <laughs> Than just, you know, the middle person of all these people throwing axes, you know. Yeah. And, um, no, I don't know. But that's that's all I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think that men, uh, it, w- it would, I hope that at some point men will realize that the violence that they're actually, we're, we're engaging in on the regular physically is where we are comfortable. Hmm. And it's where we uh, feel at peace. That's what I would love a lot of men to understand is that like, I think that that's what's, that's. If you had like some sort of emotional like heart monitor, hmm. but not measuring heartbeat, like measuring like somehow measuring the emotional life of a person, mm-hmm. you know, I bet you what you would have if you monitored them before they got into a fist fight, that there would be an erraticness to hmm. a chaotic circus-like energy to their emotions leading up to the point of the fight. And once the fight started, there would be a clarity. Hmm. That would appear okay you know like i don't think they would actually know why they were doing what they're doing i'm not trying to suggest that okay but i think that in some part of their body there would be like well at least i'm fucking hitting someone at least i'm getting something done i'm pre- i got a lot done today yeah i got a lot done productive you know you know this person thinks very differently of me than they did yesterday yeah and i did that yeah i don't know like there's there's clarity is not the right word uh, of emotion. It's not clarity of emotion, but it's like a focus that just comes from the release of putting your energy somewhere, regardless of how right or wrong you were to do so. 
I think that I think that I think uh, if if men could figure out largely how to avoid that moment and and realize it's okay to acknowledge the violence that's in their own heart at that moment mm-hmm. before just reacting and going ahead and trying to become at peace by fighting someone else. Yeah, that they could you know deal with some of the violence internally, which yeah. maybe is like you said more wise than you know. <laughs> It's I the mean, act of turning it on yourself, not turning that onto yourself, but the emotion. Yeah, facing it. Yeah, obviously facing it is healthier than like like because because what you're talking about is kind of um, like self harm. Like that's not yeah. good either, right? Like helping no, other people, it, harming it yourself. It sounded not like self harm in, in the way that I said, yeah. which is really kind of like it's not what I meant, but what I meant was like to illustrate how. Let's say you have a person who knows the difference between punching and communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, that person would be able to get upset and then face their fear. Mm-hmm. Someone who doesn't know the difference or is not willing to learn the difference will actually try to face their fear and feel like they just got punched in the face. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay. like the act of actually doing the more emotionally intelligent thing the very first time will be violent. Okay. Because the only way they know how to communicate is violent. Okay. So why would they not punch themselves in the face the first time they look at themselves? Hmm. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So you're saying, just face face <laughs> it as a person who has experience facing fears, facing thoughts, facing difficult questions about yourself. And they have no experience doing that. And they're like, you think I want to look at this fucking fist <laughs> that I point at everybody else when I'm mad? I don't want to look at that. Yeah. I have no idea what that fist looks like. I haven't looked at it since I was 11. Yeah. It's always facing that way. Yeah, it's always that way. It's supposed to be that way. I ball it up and it goes. It doesn't stay. It doesn't stay. I unball and then I go back to eating my rice. Yeah. You know? But I think that, yeah, I'm trying to kind of give a voice to the people who I would love to talk to. If I was in a a state where I was like a a friend who, you know, was having trouble managing their emotions and I wanted that person in my life, I want to have all the language I can possibly use to not let my message get lost mm-hmm. and hit a trigger on the way. And so I want to try to figure out where they're coming from. And I imagine they're coming from, from a place where an emotion is a fist. Hmm. It just is. That, that kind of, um, that kind of resonates with the idea of like somebody triggering you emotionally and you responding physically or violently. Mm. It's like you, whatever you said, I'm justified in being violent towards you. Mm-hmm. Because you basically just did that to me with your words. Right. And yeah. it's like, those two things are no, not, they, the they're not the same. <laughs> they're not the same. They're not the same. <laughs> yeah. When, uh, again, back to my family member, um, when there was physical stuff going on with her and her brother, and she hit him, she slapped him in the face, and then I talked to her and she was like, he has to apologize to getting to bringing me to the place where I punched him in the face. Mm. I'm like, that is math right there. That no. is some fucking math. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know that you grew up in Celsius and I'm in Fahrenheit, <laughs> but I don't think that this lays in that gray area. No. Yeah, it's just like, you know, that if you're thinking like that, you are you are not thinking, mm-hmm. you're not communicating, you're not growing, you are regressing. Mm-hmm. You are going backwards. You think you're not. You think you're living and you're actually having day-by-day life, but you're really, you're really going backwards. You're fermenting. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I love fermenting. You should have been dumped out of the, <laughs> the recycling bin no. or washed. Yeah. But instead, you decided to just sit there in that the 
way you felt like and just let something happen no. through physics. Yeah, well, uh, man. Biolo- yeah. It's biology, but I get what you you're saying. You think your children hate you now? Yeah. Oh, my God. Give it five, ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Um, yeah. Don't respond with violence to uh, uh, psychological slights or to emotional slights. It's not the same thing. Yeah. I please mean, don't like, do that. Well. If you feel like you're getting to the point where you want to hit somebody, please do introspection and find out why you feel that way. Yeah. Like, well, I guess the person who commits the violence in that moment is in a situation where either they consciously think or they react because they're not able to think. Mm-hmm. Um, and those people have to start thinking of that, what that moment would have been like if they hadn't done that mm. and, and then realize that them not hitting the person, they would have still just been in that moment. Mm-hmm. Nothing else would have happened. Nothing else would have happened because the other person just said something terrible or difficult to hear. Very few people would just, you know what I mean? Like. Unless it's one of those things that's just a complete rant that's going and going and going. And if you're in that situation, then, you know, how did you... Now it sounds like I'm, like, victim-blaming the perpetrator. How how did did you you get here? How did you get into this situation where the only way out of this level of discomfort was hitting your partner? Uh, No? Did you not see any of this coming at all? Okay. So let's talk about, you know, the kind of relationships you've been around. Mm -hmm. Are they most of them? Like this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, would it surprise you to know that a lot of them are not like that? Mm. You know? Do you think that everything you see on television is nonsense and it's actually fiction? Mm. Because, of course, those stories were written, but some relationships have really great moments mm-hmm. and years and decades in them. Without moments like this. Yeah. Without, without fucking hitting each other. Yeah. Without, you know, making each other feel truly physically, as a human being, unsafe. Yeah. So if you were just to know that hitting them is exactly the thing that would make you more confused, more in pain, less able to move forward. Right. If you're able to hold on to that knowledge long enough not to hit the person, <laughs> you know, but like, you know, we're talking about largely men, you know. If we don't hit the person, then what we're thinking about is how many people are going to come after us next week because now we're, we're weak. Oh, boy. We didn't handle it. We didn't handle it. We didn't handle the situation. Handle the person? Yeah. We didn't get the person to Looks do. like someone else should fuck with me, too. You Yikes. Know, because I don't mind getting fucked with, obviously. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. This is what I mean. This is, this is what I mean. <laughs> if you grow up in that and you have no idea what healthy and what abusive looks like, then like that's your normal. Right. And you could end up on either side of that situation. We're talking about Will Smith. He ended up, he grew up in an abusive household right. where, the, where the man was the aggressor and was violent towards sure. his mother. Right. And he ended up in an emotionally abusive relationship with a woman. And trying to do everything to be right by her. Uh-huh. And she was like, oh, perfect. Yeah. I've been great. looking for one of you for so, so long. <laughs> oh, my God. And look at how well you're doing. Yeah. Keep going, honey. There you go. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I never said I was going to be happy, but this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah if, if someone like that knew what emotional abuse looked like, mm-hmm. would not, hopefully, would not yeah. have ended up in that situation. Right. Because they didn't know. Nobody taught them this is what emotional abuse looks like. Right. Right. Constantly right. comparing you to someone who's fucking dead you can never win over someone who's dead yeah that shit is the most clear-cut sign i could ever imagine ever that person will always be ahead of you and better than you because because they're not here to 
show you their flaws and do you wrong yeah. by you and lie. They're not right. here to hurt you anymore. Right. Yeah. And the person who's real is here and flawed. <laughs> yeah, so. here and flawed and actually self-aware enough to have admitted that he it was a huge insecurity for him. Mm-hmm. And talk about that. Mm-hmm. And be like, it was fucking Pac. Yeah. How could you not? Like, and I was like the polite rapper. Right. You know what I mean? The one on, like, that they would play in the middle of, in a commercial in between kids shows. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Ugh. Like, it's just, that makes so much sense. But, like, watching her just do what appears to just be capitalizing on every one of those moments. And, and not enough people have called her out for it. I think I do think that she's using her womanhood and now using her alopecia. As, this is as, women's ju- Jussie Smollett moment. This is the, oh man. She's Jussie Smollett for women. She is. She's, yeah. she's his, uh, his sister's journey, Smollett. Mm. So this is her journey. Not that journey, her journey herself has not done anything. Right, 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 right. No, but, she's, but that's she's her all right. name. <laughs> yeah, she's all right. This is her journey, Smollett moment. She probably deals with all this shit. Journey, we're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry, Journey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is that moment, and and I and at first when the whole August Alcina thing happened, I was like, hold on a second. So we're all fine with right. her being like an older woman right. who was sleeping with a man who admitted to being to having a drug a problem at that time. We're we're just okay. Was he the one that was uh, friends with the son though? Yes. Yeah, like friends, that's really friends even, with her son. I'm much more concerned about that than the drug problem. No, the drug problem. <laughs> again, you're a man. I'm a woman. Yes, I of have course. to worry about. All right, I'm sorry. I have to worry about sexual assault right. and sexual trauma in all kinds of ways. Right, but an right, older right. man who was sleeping Sometimes with you a, date your son's friend to be safe. You just really, yeah. <laughs> an older man who was sleeping with a woman who who they knew oh, was had a drug problem. We would all be like, "I'm sorry, consent is not possible in a situation right. where that person is on drugs." Right. So why is it that nobody asked that question right, when right, she right. was like, "Yeah, yeah, he had a drug problem and I slept with him," and it's like, "Consent? Are we not talking about layers of messages to your children?" That you shouldn't have sent to them. Are you sending right now? Yeah. How many layers of messages do they just get? Mm Mm-hmm. And then... You want to talk about the protected class? She's black and a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's that, but then also just like the relationship of that, how that affects Will or whoever's going to be in the partnership with her. It was like... I don't even know. And the... (laughs) What would you call it, Jada? What would you call it? Entanglement. Okay. Entanglement. Okay. What would you call it? Go ahead. Call it that. I would call it potential <laughs> sexual assault. You're sleeping with someone who cannot consent. Yeah. Despite the fact that, like, the, him being friends with the son is like icing on top of the cake. But for me, the cake mm. is consent. It's a consent cake. <laughs> it's a if, consent cake. If they're on drugs, they right. cannot consent. It was probably to that. coconut milk custard. <laughs> Because I'm sure they're healthy in that household, and they don't eat a lot of dairy. No, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but right, yeah. Right, right, It was just all these questions of, like, nobody nobody has these questions for her. Nobody thinks this is, oh, this is a story about cheating. Right. This is a story about her sleeping with her son's friend. I'm like, no, this is a story about consent and sleeping with someone who's on drugs. That's no, the story I, to me. I don't even think anybody would have had the capacity. That seemed like the third issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, um, if, if you recognize it as a more urgent issue... You could actually see more clearly how many things are going wrong, mm-hmm. the level at which they're going wrong, and then what somebody who is her partner might be having to deal with on a regular basis. Yeah, and we saw that in the uh, in the clip of her filming him in, in the yeah, house. Yeah, in the when house, he, when right. he said that, you know, can you not film me yeah, in my house, yeah. please? And, and she was like, like, you can see the therapy's working very well. I was like, ah! <laughs> no. Oh my God, Mom! It's Mom! <laughs> Oh my god! It's my mom. Push oh, myself in the she face. did the thing. I can't deal with it. She pushed ah! me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, don't do the eyes. <laughs> it's the same thing when I watched Patrice Woodbine on fucking P Valley. 
Mm. We have to talk about that show down the road. Huh. But um, I have the weirdest relationship with that show because one character in the show reminds me of my mother. The other one reminds me of my grandmother. Ah. And they're completely different people. Interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, that whole energy is just like, th- that sort of you're using, it's like the eyes, the shoulders, everything is just like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? My man is obviously so far away from developmental, you know, I mean, can't you just see from this video, if he was just here for me, if he was just the right person, yeah, he's really, you know what I mean? And sometimes you just have to wait 40 years for that person to be the right person. But I'm putting in my time because <laughs> yeah. I'm dying on the cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's just that whole currency through victimhood thing, mm-hmm. which is the perpetrator. Right. In that moment. It's right. just like, oh my God, there's so much fucked up shit going on here at one time. Yeah. But the eyes got me. <laughs> yeah, the eyes got me. It was the eyes. <laughs> and her having alopecia just puts her even more yeah. in victim role. That almost, yeah, I, I almost laughed when I when she, when she I heard that there was something physical going on. I was like, oh, all right, all right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> and and by the way, she looks shit. great with a shaved head. It's not even like she's she's Kate, uh, what's Katy Perry who looks terrible in a pixie cut. Yeah. She looks great. Right, she's uh, she's hair passing. <laughs> she's hair passing, <laughs> and I would know because <laughs> I know when a woman looks good with no hair, exactly. and when she doesn't, yes, and she looks do. great with no hair. Yes, that's right. Well, thank you. That's right. That's right. You right. both do. <laughs> she was definitely not feeling good, but she was, you know, uh, using that to be like, yeah, I deal with this kind of shit all the time. I was like, deal no, with what? No, you don't. Deal with what? You what are you sure talking about? don't. I'm yeah. getting G- uh, my my cousin checks my co- I don't check any of my comments because I'm a woman on the internet and mm-hmm. just that is you don't do that. Yeah, my cousin checks my day. comments and she's like, oh, I saw a lot of GI Jane two jokes and I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, at least they're talking about. I'm me. glad that I give them confidence <laughs> that there will be another sequel. That's that's me. I did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Well, that's all right. They can still call me the burglar from Home Alone. Oh. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. The Wet Bandits. Daniel Stern. Yes. You do look like that. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You sh- wait, wait. So you do you know someone who looks like Joe Pesci? No, you, but you know. If you did, you could make a Well, there was only good... one guy. There was one guy that I met who was a comedian who I approached him about doing a joint Halloween uh-huh. costume together. But <laughs> we just didn't stay like in, in the same circle for that long. <laughs> I stopped seeing him with those open mics, but I was like, we should really do that. You should. Yeah, wow. he was from like somewhere like deep in Pennsylvania. He had some sort of crazy accent that I was like, you kind of sound old school in the right way. Mm-hmm. We could do this. We could really do this. <laughs> but I used to do like a joke that ended with that, mm. you know, because I found out that no matter what hair uh, length my hair was, people would compare me to someone that they knew. Oh, okay. You know, when it was shaved, they 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 just they compared me to. There was this wrestler, uh, I think it was Diamond Dallas Page, but it was more accurately, it was Jesse from Breaking Bad, Aaron Paul. Okay. When I had my shaved head. And then it got into the burglar from Home Alone. Mm -hmm. And then when I let it go really long, my friend told me that I looked like Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Yep. Yep. Even though he was like silver gray. Yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah. Didn't matter. There's always someone that someone found... To just sort of connect me to. Yeah. You know, when I had a different hair length. So I always loved figuring out who it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. But the burglar got the biggest laugh when I used that um, as mother material. I, I agree. Yeah. And Home Alone is one of those movies that, like, everybody knows it. So mm-hmm. you do, like, a... Do, like, a Home Alone 20 years later. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> still right. still trying to get Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> right. Yep. 20 years later. 
Yeah. He's like, man, I got a wife and a kid now. Can you just like, can you just like leave me alone? No, I'd be like, well, if, I mean, depends. Yeah. I'd be like, me too. I'm trying to rob this house so I can go home and feed her. <laughs> Jesus. Well, it is well past the time that you wanted to Well done. end the session. Well, did we do more than an hour for this last session? For this one, it's been a, we started out like not, because we have, the music is on and we were still right. eating and all that stuff. Sure. But yes, we, we went yeah. over an hour in this session. It's about, it's a, almost an hour and a half. Okay, great. That's so. great. I'm glad that we did because I figured because we started a little late that we wouldn't get four sessions in. Yeah. But we, maybe we took like an hour long. break in between to do the food. We needed to eat. We need, you know, sometimes yeah. you just need to eat. Mm-hmm. And I continued to eat all in this session because I was still hungry. And we should <laughs> actually go over this now. Was the potato salad white or black? It was black potato salad. <laughs> it was definitely black potato salad. All right, all right. And not only black, it was southern potato salad. Yeah. Southern potato salad has mustard in it. It is yellow. Mm-hmm. Regular northern potato salad is very mayo, white because it's heavy. just mayo. Yeah, right. It's just mayo. But this, right. this was, and I added smoked paprika on top. It was right. very good. Oh, cheers. All yes. right. I'm, I'm happy to, to tell my lovely friend who made the food. Yes, this yeah. person, is, well, not that they would have to. Do you, do you know the term invited to the cookout? You know yes, that? I do. Okay, so this person would be at the cookout anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you would be invited to the cookout, but this they would person, be there. This person would be inviting me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's not white. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she would just be there anyway. No, I thought that was clear about that. I was saying she's from the South. Yes. But it's a Caribbean neighborhood. So, like, I thought, you know what I mean? Yeah. My influence has changed when I started, cook, you know, cooking and living here. Mm-hmm. Just by knowing a lot of Caribbeans. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know, I don't know why, but because of one of the cooking events we had, there is jerk sauce in my refrigerator oh, right okay. now. Okay. And I found it. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us on this very interesting journey we've gone through the human mind today. Mm-hmm. We've gone, we've gone a lot of places. Absolutely, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah I had a it great was. time. I actually feel kind of fine. Is that wait? Do you have there been times where you haven't felt kind of fine? Well, the whole premise of our show is that everything is fine with Georgia. Oh right, yeah, right. and you actually feel kind of fine. Yeah, huh? I feel a little better. Oh, good. A little better. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good, good. No, you know, good for Not you. Not like a lot better. But I love that for you. I love you. that for you. I love that for you. I love that for you. <laughs> Fucking whatever. Well, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always fine. Um, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yoni's fine some of the time, apparently. Yeah, every once in a while. Every once in a while. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week, next something. Yeah, we and will. This. We're going to somehow be back next week. That's how time works. Yeah. It'll mm-hmm. actually be, what, three weeks from now? Yeah. As far as the, the time when we record. But you won't know that because you'll be listening. Yeah. You won't know the thing that we just said was going to happen. You won't know what we just told you. <laughs> nope. That's what this episode's called. You will not know what we just told you. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us. All right. We'll be back next time. Have a good love nut life and lovely. Love, love nut? nut? Love nut. Love nut. <laughs> Have a good love nut. Have a good love nut. <laughs>